when we are unbothered, how does that feel? It feels so freeing. Mm-hmm. There are boundaries that are set. Like for me, I feel like I can do anything, right? Mm. Um, I can still have that to-do list, right? But I'm doing things that I want to do versus doing things that I feel or the thought is that I need to do, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference in that choosing what it is that you want to do. Welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friend. I'm so excited about a super special treat that I have for you today. And that treat is my friend and my longtime coaching client, Yetta Myrick. Hi, Yetta. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me. I'm so, so excited. I'm so, so excited. And you are actually my first client ever to come on on the show, which is perfect, I think. Um, What an honor. Well, I mean, listen, like you have taken our work together and you have just like, I don't even know what the, like you've run with it. You've like blossomed with it. It's just, it's incredible. So... Um, So we'll talk about that a little bit today. But first, Yetta, I would love for you to introduce yourself and let everybody know what you do. So hello, everyone. As Natalie said, I'm Yetta Myrick. I have a son who's now 18, which means I'm not going to say his name. Oh, my gosh. Um, If you can believe that, um, who has an autism spectrum disorder diagnosis, as well as an intellectual disability and ADHD diagnosis. And so through my advocating for him... I have taken this path where I am advocating for other families. Um, And so I had a whole other career, have a communications degree, left that, which I'm not going to jump into right now, but now I am doing disability and autism advocacy work. Yes. Full time now. And that's because of my work with Natalie, but we'll talk about it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, Yetta is doing her dream work, which also happens to be a marvelous contribution to our whole society. I mean, the work that you do, Yetta, is so important and it's so evolutionary. Like it really is changing the way that we understand, I think, and support families who have kids who have disabilities. So it is such an honor to get to work with you and to get to see you blossoming into like this fullest expression of your of your creative power. And I can't believe that child is 18 years old. Yeah. That is it's rough. And that was as we're taping right now, it's has not it tomorrow will be a week <laughs> from his 18th <laughs> birthday. So that's like a, there's a whole transition thing, which we're not going to get into on here. Mm-hmm. But if there's anyone out there who has transitioning age youth, definitely reach out to me. Yeah. So actually what we're going to talk about today is something that Yetta has truly mastered <laughs> in our work together. And it's a seed that we maybe planted together a long time ago that has like bears fruit now. And that is unbotheredness. Unbotheredness. So today's episode is conjuring 
unbotheredness. So let's just start with like what we mean by that. How would you describe or define it, Yetta? What is unbotheredness? Well, for me, unbotheredness really is this place where there is so many things going on that you're just like a constant state of being annoyed and like literally bothered. Like there's so many things going on. You can't think straight. Like it is an impediment. That's the word I want to use to like what it is that you're trying to do. And there's just so many things that are kind of like getting in the way that you can't see straight. Mm -hmm. It's like this nagging feeling for me. Yeah, the bothered feeling where it's like there are so many things to do. And I also think of it as like there's so many people to take into account. Like she wants that and he needs this and they expect. Yes this from me yes yes especially when you're in a place where you are a caregiver right like Mm -hmm. there is so many things that you need to do that oftentimes it gets in the way of you even thinking about yourself you're thinking so much about what other people's needs are that you kind of get lost in the sauce as I like to say Mm mm-hmm Yes, lost in the sauce is what it feels like, too. It's like it's hot in there. (laughs) It's like it's like simmering sauce. It's hot in there and it's like gooey and it is It's difficult to get traction because we're always trying to attend to everybody else's needs and the never ending list of to do's. Right. Yeah. So that is definitely botheredness. So when we are unbothered, how does that feel? It feels so freeing. Mm -hmm. There are boundaries that are set. Like for me, I feel like I can do anything, right? Mm. Um, I can still have that to-do list, right? But I'm doing things that I want to do versus doing things that I feel or the thought is that I need to do, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference in that choosing what it is that you want to do. In the very beginning, when I started working with Natalie, like everything felt like I had to do it, right? The thought Mm -hmm. was, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. No one else would do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And we know who that sounds like, right? Um, (laughs) Yes. But no, like it's taken a lot of work. It is not easy for you all Mm -hmm. out there listening, but it can be done. It can be done. And I actually want to highlight something that Yetta just did, which is key to this, right? She just she just wielded a little bit of mind witchery without maybe you noticing it. She said, I felt like I had to do things. Then she corrected and she said, that was my thought. My thought was I had to do this. That is a very simple and small shift that changes everything. When you realize that what you're experiencing, the pressure that you're feeling is not coming from the situation. It's coming from the way you are thinking about the situation. Right, Yetta? It's very internal. It is not outside. And it's not to say that we are not going to experiencing, experience things that are outside of us that won't affect us. But mm-hmm. like one of the things that I learned very early from Natalie is that our thoughts leads to our feelings, which lead to our actions, right? So what is that thought that you're having, right? And then that's going to create that feeling, um, mm-hmm. which is then going to spring you to, into whatever action is happening. So 
That's like Natalie 101 right there. <laughs> well, and I mean, I will also say that comes that's like coaching 101 right mm-hmm. there. I don't want to claim that at all. But like, yeah, to understand and especially I think, you know, when we are, like you said, when we are caregivers or when we are oriented toward making things better in the world, right? Like I'm here because I want to make things better. So of course I'm already attuned to what needs to be done. I'm already attuned to other people and wanting to help other people. It's just realizing that if we are only ever attuned to what needs to be done and to other people, and we are ourselves, as Yetta said, lost in the sauce, we actually, our power diffuses and dilutes, right? Because we're running around trying to do everything. And that is just a recipe for illness and resentment and misery. Most definitely. So yet a one of the moments that you, <laughs> when we're talking, you're always like, I was talking to so-and-so the other day and I told them what you need to understand is <laughs> the three kinds of business. <laughs> so, that was life-changing for me, Natalie Miller. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it was life-changing for me too. And so um, part of being unbothered, as, as Yetta was saying, is this kind of like, okay, where am I actually? Instead of just being bothered, like like lost in agitation and worry and concern, and I'm like running to try to keep up with my life. When I am unbothered, I check in with myself, right? I check in with myself. And part of checking in with myself is figuring out how to, as we say, stay in my own business, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you, when you talk to people about it, how do you describe the three kinds of business, Yetta? So when I describe it, I describe it the way it was introduced to me by you. So I literally, my brain, like I totally body everything, like totally goes back to that moment. My very ah. coaching session with you, Natalie. And I was uh. having a moment talking about like what was going on in my, in my life. And Natalie like literally stops me, you all. And she's like, okay, Yetta, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm like, okay. And she's like, do you believe in God? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, yeah, do you believe in God? And I'm like, yes, I do. She's like, okay, I'm going to tell you about the three types of business. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, there's your business. There's God's business. There's everybody else's business. And she proceeds, and I, again, I remember like it was yesterday, to explain to me these, these types of businesses. So she says, you know, so my son, she's like, what he wants to do with his life, regardless of his autism diagnosis, like the choices that he makes, that's his business. The fact that my son has autism, that's God's business, right? Um, and then the things that I have agency, the choices that I'm making, that is my business. And so I like, after that, it was, like I said, it was life-changing. So I'm like literally going out like green, like, okay, like even throughout my days, like, <laughs> Whose businesses am I in? Like, even as I'm like getting hyped up or someone annoys me, I'm like, okay, the fact that they made that choice, that's not my business. I need to stay in my business. And so that is like where I try to focus. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have family and loved ones who don't bring us into their business, right? But Mm -hmm. we have to make a conscious choice 
Mm-hmm. Right. To say, OK, maybe you asked me to give you some advice on this. OK, fine. But as soon as I can get back out of it, I'm out your business because yeah. I don't have time <laughs> to be all up in that. I got enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, right, when we talk about kind of like summoning and consolidating our own power, that is in our own business. Yeah. Where we have the most power is right here in our own like you said, our own choices, our own lives, how we're going to think about the world, how we're going to feel about the world, how we're going to act in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And that is not at all to say that we don't care about other people. We love other people. Yeah. We love other people, but we don't have any illusion that we can run their business for them. Most definitely. And I just want to say, Natalie, I think in the world that we're in, right, we have Facebook, we have all these things where everyone is putting out their business and somehow the world thinks, right, that because someone chooses to put their stuff out there, that it's then their right to say what they want to say about it. And mm-hmm. and I think that too has kind of like pushed the businesses even further than what they were. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have this weird culture where, um, you know, we have some tendencies towards like codependency <laughs> in our culture. We have some tendencies toward like this advice giving culture, right? Where it's like, let me tell you what to do. Oh, let me tell you how I would solve that problem, right? Or how many times I get people saying like, okay, well, you know, I'm really practicing quiet time in the evenings. How do I get my whole family to do it? And it's like, well, that's their business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's their business. How can you get to a place actually where you're unbothered? You're unbothered with what your family is doing. You're so centered in what you're doing that you can be unbothered with your husband watching Netflix on the couch, right? Mm-hmm. So, um Let's get back to the businesses. And by the way, y'all, you don't have to believe in God. If Yetta said, no, I don't really believe in God, I would sort of say, like, I would use something else, right, to sort of say, you know, there's like the universe's business, like, there's chance, there's the business of chance, Mm -hmm. like who, you know, who even knows why, why things happen sometimes. So let's give everybody examples of like, what does it look like to be in God's business? What does it look like when we get when we get all up in God's business? It is we it is definitely we are not feeling unbothered when we're in God's business or the universe's business for those of prefer my um, agnostic or atheist friends out there. I mean, for me, I think about like what recently happened right down in um, New Orleans with all the hurricanes. Right. Mm. There are so many people who are suffering. Right. And, And I mean. As I think about it right now, it's sad, right? There are people who are suffering that couldn't get out, lives are lost. Like that's something, yes, I understand. But in the same token, it's like that was a natural disaster and beyond our control. But like where we could come in or I could come in and help is maybe make a donation or support, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but again, that is just like so beyond otherworldly, like beyond us, right? Yeah, beyond, I mean, we can absolutely make a contribution toward a solution, but to be stewing in the worry and the sadness and the pain of it is actually not helpful, right? It's it's bigger than we are. I think of it for me, um, do you have this every time I'm going to take a trip? 
I have this whole, I do this whole little like fantasy that like definitely my plane is going to crash. Well, fortunately, I don't do that. (laughs) But I'm not someone that like jumps on a plane either. Like that's not like if I don't have to be on a plane, I'm just going to be honest and say, and maybe that's probably why. Um, Mm -hmm. When I have traveled on a plane, there is this like, deep breathing, praying, like, so I get yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> well, I just have the, I mean, for whatever reason, it's that interruption in my routine that I'm like, well, this might, this might be it. I might be going on this trip and I'll never come back. And when my mind goes to that place, I'm like, you know what? That is God's business. That is just not my business. Like, like whether or not that happens, I don't have power there. Mm-hmm. I can do my best to stay informed. I can listen to my intuition when I'm getting on the plane. I can check in with my body and see, hey, does this feel good? Um, But beyond that, right, when I'm just spinning in what if, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? I think what if territory is totally God's business, right? Most definitely. Yeah. And it's usually a disempowering place. I don't think it's a bad place to be if you find it empowering, if it's like generative for you. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, it just makes me bothered. It gives me worry. It gives me agitation. Yeah, I was thinking doomsday. Like that's kind of like what came up and who really wants to be in that space? Like that is right. not at all productive. Right, right. And so... um So when we get out of God's business and into our own business, we get to do things like, okay, so what is within my purview, right? What actually, like, let me check in and see, do I really want to go on this trip? Yeah, I do. I want to go. I want I want to go. I want to participate in this workshop. I, I love to travel. It reminds me how big the world is. I can check back in with my own intentions, right? That's my business. I can check in and, you know, I can check in and say, okay, well, do I have a will? (laughs) Right. Do I have life insurance? Like that's my business. Those things are my business. But like whether or not the plane goes down, not my business. Um, How to save New Orleans. We can make a contribution. We could say, oh, well, it is my business to stay informed and it's my business to find a, a charity that's doing good work and to give them some money. Right. It's my business to write to my senator. You know, those are all my business. But like rebuilding New Orleans, it's beyond my business. Right. I mean, yeah. unless, hey, you want to run for mayor down there, you want to be governor. Yeah. Then that's your business. That's your business. And we'll we'll send you a donation. Exactly. So that's kind of what God's business looks like. And it's very bothersome to be in that place of like things that are so big, we can't actually make a contribution, right? Mm -hmm. So dialing back to like, okay, what actually can I do is what gets us back into our business. So how about other people's business, Lord? Mm, There's so many things. So in my life, it's been mainly around work. And that's what brought me to working with Natalie, just being in a space where I was not feeling good enough about myself, primarily because I was in a space where I thought that other people were judging me, right? And so this idea about what other people think, that's all seeped into their business, right? Like I cannot at all speculate the things that I think about it are like made up in my head like I don't think for other people other people don't think for me 
And mm-hmm. so I was just like going into this rabbit hole and was like digging myself like in and in, in, like worried about, oh, is this good enough? You know, what do they think about me? Am I going to be the perceived as the angry black woman? Like all of these things. And so finally, when this was recognized and acknowledged, I was able to move forward. It just had me in a state of of being stuck like constantly. Like I just... I this literally felt like I was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It was like I wanted to do this work, but I was just so concerned about what other people thought of me and how mm-hmm. I was going to perceive and the work that I was doing and whether it was mm-hmm. good enough. And it, it was mm-hmm. just like the spiral, this never ending thing. And finally, mm-hmm. it was like enough, mm-hmm. enough. You know, I love this example because it is sufficiently sticky. Like, I don't want to pretend at all like other people's business is a simple thing. It is sticky. And yes, we all interconnect. So so does it matter what your boss thinks of you? Kind of. Yeah. Right. Like, does it matter what your coworkers think of you? Yes, definitely. Also, can you control it? No, no, not at all. No. No, you can't. And sometimes you are dealing with, like you mentioned, sometimes you're dealing with stereotypes. Mm -hmm. I was in a space where there really was just me. There were some other people of color, but they were more on the administrative side. Mm -hmm. And that was not my role. Mm -hmm. But in the same token, what was happening were as things were coming up, I kind of took the role as that administrative person for my boss. And I remember mm-hmm. us having a conversation, Natalie, where you were like, okay, like, are you the assistant or are you like, or you want to be a director? Like, what you want to do yet? <laughs> and like, like, that sounds like very administrative and all that stuff. And so it was like, I had to make a choice, right? And so sometimes that means like saying no, like I'm not going to schedule because that really was not my role, Right. Um, but because I'm a people pleaser, right? I'm glad I'm pretty much over that. But, you know, that was kind of like my MO, my modus operandi. And so mm-hmm. it was like, what? You need a meeting schedule? I'm going to be in this meeting. Da, da, da. So it was like small things over time that I had to do it was these baby steps. So like, I remember literally saying to myself at one point, if I am in the CC versus the two, I'm not responding. Because I always felt like the thought was, however you want to put it, it's really the thought, y'all. I'm going to keep driving at home because Natalie has taught me that. It's not, it is not feeling like, feeling like it's not, that's not real. It's the thought. Yeah. The thought was literally, anytime an email comes in, I need to respond to it. I'm on it. I need to respond. And that is not true. I didn't need to respond. And I started to feel this shift happening yeah, I wasn't responding to the point that what would end up happening because I would always respond. Then there would be an email that came through. It was like, well, yeah, what do you think about this? And then, OK, if you're going to ask me, then I'll tell you. But like beyond that, I'm not. I'm CC. Right. If you think right. I'm in the two. So that's a little trick, you all. If I'm in the two, OK, <laughs> I will respond. But if I'm not in the two, 
if I'm in the CC, you don't need, I'm just there. It's for my information, but you know, what you want me to do with it? This is totally going to become Yetta's charm. I'm going to have to like pull this out and put it as a separate little standalone. Like this is Yetta's charm. I love she it. Came, she came up with this at her own cauldron. I love that. Yes. If you're in the CC, you don't need to respond. But like, so I want to like slow it way down and break it way down to kind of see what's happening. Right. So what's happening is in this case, and Yetta, you come in and edit me wherever I'm getting it wrong. Okay. Yetta is being CC'd on an email because she is expected to be administrative support for some kind of project, right? Expected to be administrative support. Very She's not, clear. And, it, and that was not my role. Let's be very clear. That was not Yetta's role. It's not her role, but she's expected, right? And so that expectation is other people's business. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're expecting me to hop on this? That is your business. That is your expectation, right? It's not in my job description. It's not in my desired tasks. That is your expectation. If you want me to be involved, you're going to have to talk to me in a different way. You're going to have to directly address me. You're going to have to say, Yetta, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Right? Because what happens is, and we also have like a very blamey culture, right? We love to like say how everybody else is like making things so hard for us, right? And I don't mean at all, by the way, other people do th make things hard for sure, right? But we always have power always we always have power and so if they're expecting me to do something i don't want to do it's only a problem if i'm agreeing with them mm -hmm. if i agree with them and i say yeah i i should be expected to do this then it's my problem then it's my business right if it's not then it's not it's not my business mm -hmm. right most definitely so when we slow it down and we kind of see what's happening there right why do I feel this pressure to respond? Okay, it's partly on me. I like to please people. Okay, it's partly like, you know, socio-cultural, right? Yes. Many of the women of color around here are administrators, and you seem to think that I am also an administrator, right? You have consciously or not coded me as such in your mind, right? Okay, that's like another element here. And that's very real. Expressing anger or frustration as a Black woman is difficult. Yes. In a white dominant environment. Yes. We can acknowledge the reality of that. That is a reality. And we can decide, and how do I want to feel about that? Because mm -hmm. I remember that conversation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, Natalie, I'm having a breakdown. You're like, no, it's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yes, it was deep. It is. It's just that moment where, you know, I think of it as like, um, I sometimes encounter chivalrous men in the world who like to like ostentatiously hold a door open for me or open a door for me. Mm -hmm. And personally, Natalie Miller, I don't like that. Please don't hold the door for me. Like, it's fine if it's like we're kind of moving through or whatever. But if you're making a big, a big show of your chivalry, I'm not an attendee. I'm not here for it. I love <laughs> like, it. I, this I did not know about you. 
Oh, yeah, no, I'm just not here for it. Or, like, if I go to open a door and they're like, no, 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 allow me. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I am definitely opening this door and standing here staring at you until you walk through it, right? I love it. And it's just like a little minor kind of pet peeve of mine, right? In that moment, the expectation is I will smile and I will graciously and gratefully pass through the held open door. And when I disrupt that, like expectation there is discomfort for sure Mm -hmm. and i mean i had it happen once to me um my kid and i were at the convenience store on a road trip and um a guy told me to smile a guy in line told me to smile oh my gosh there's been many times that i've been asked to do that or told to do that told told or asked to do that and i just turned around and i said what the fuck did you just say to me (laughs) and i'm sure he looked at you like he had two hands. Yeah. Well, he, he said, he said, well, that's a way to talk in front of your child. And I said, yeah, that is a way to talk in front of my child. I teach my children that they don't have to talk to. I, I think I said a lot of insults there. <laughs> His hair was kind of greasy. His hair was kind of greasy. So I'm pretty sure I mentioned it. Anyway, I was like, yeah, I, I, I absolutely teach my daughters that they are under no obligation to smile for some greasy ass guy in a convenience store. Oh my gosh. Love it. I love it. Right? Yeah. And listen, but this is the thing though, right? I had a moment there. It's like 8.30 p.m. It's dark. I had a moment there where I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm, are we going to be okay? Like, are we going to be okay walking out to the car? I was conscious of that, right? So everybody, I want to be really clear. Standing strong in your business, it doesn't mean that other people's like assumptions and expectations are not going to affect you. Right. They will, right? Uh-huh. But it is stepping out from letting them control you. Mm-hmm. and the way that you act and the way that you think about yourself. Most definitely. Let's think of like, Yetta, like a, like more of a kind of like intimate, like a family version of other people's business. Because mm. there's, you know, there's the kind of like society, work life, there's that one. But sometimes like you were saying, like it's a lot closer to home, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... You know, in terms of my son and learning how to let go with him as he's gotten Mm. older, that has Mm -hmm. been, that's been a huge uh, thing that we've talked about over the years and and Mm -hmm. he just turned 18 as I shared. Um, And so even providing him the space to make choices. So that has been huge. So there's this um, yoga class that we actually participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to be, okay, we're going to do yoga. And so now it's gotten to the point where I'm, I'm giving him a choice about whether he wants to participate in mm-hmm. said yoga class. And some weeks he says yes. And some weeks he says no. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, primarily for him. And so when he says no, I honor that, but it's taken me a long time. And again, baby steps, you all like to get to, that space because I think for a long time it's always been like how do I protect him and again when bring bring up race I am raising you know an African American son and so mm-hmm. there's a whole other layer of you know how he's perceived in, in in my wanting to protect him but it's like you can only protect him so much and you have to work to provide these tools but you still want to be able to give them agency and so it's taken me 
a long time to get there and it's still a work in progress. He didn't turn 18 and then all of a sudden, like, I'm just letting him just do anything. He's still, there are still supports that are needed and all of that. Yeah. But I'm slowly but surely like letting go. And, and also like learning how to ask for help, right. Mm. Has been another huge thing. Cause especially as 18, but I mean, I've been talking about 18 for like the last three, four years, mm-hmm. but as we've gotten closer, you know, this idea of like, well, who are the, who are these people that can like, be supporters and like I actually have like ideas since we've talked now they have actually had some ideas of people who are outside of the family that I'm like mm-hmm. oh okay like that person actually might be a, a person that I could trust if something mm. happened to me and like again that's a whole you know other conversation but yeah so like a, again allowing him giving him space to make his own choices like it's his business if he doesn't want to do yoga like that's his business and I have to honor that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is one of the ways that has has shown up for me personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I think that, um, you know, hitting on parenting, oh my gosh, like (laughs) when we go from literally being the sole support of a being Like physically, literally being the souls, like they are actually in us to letting this person out into the world. It is this gradual sort of allowing them more and more say, (laughs) like letting go of their business and letting letting them have their own business. And of course, we're not ever talking about like things where someone might not be safe. Of course, like there's, there's not even a question there, but it's in the places of like, you know, does my child go to college or not? It's their business. That's their business, right? My kid wants to take singing lessons and does not want to do any sport. Like, can I let that be her business? Can I say like, okay, that's your business, right? To choose what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And so that gradual process of sort of letting them have more and more of their own business, like A, like you said, it empowers them. It gives them agency. And then B, don't we have enough shit to do on our own? (laughs) I got plenty of business over here, Mm -hmm. plenty Mm -hmm. of business. And when I actually, when I don't tend to my business, meaning my health, my literal business where I make money, right? I am actually not as good a caregiver because I don't have the, I don't have the energy and I don't have the resources, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the other place that I would love to touch on actually is where you said asking for help, because I think we get into other people's business when we ask for help. Do you think so? Mm, yes. And I, and I know where you're going. So yeah. I think when we, ha- when we, or when I have this thought, and bring it back to me, have this thought that if I ask them, it's going to be too much mm-hmm. to put on, like that has been like my key example even like, for example, with the, with the pandemic, that is, when is it going to end you all? Um, right. But like, that is some I God's, mean, that is some God's business. Yeah, right there. That is some God's business. Yeah. But um, so I made a choice to transport my son. So I'm, he is in a non-public, as I said, he has autism, he's in a non-public placement. And so mm-hmm. um, it is not, we live in DC, it is in <laughs> Rockville, Maryland. And so I have been driving him and I remember um, when we were talking about this, you know, about a month or two ago before school started and 
um, you were like, well, can, can someone help you? Can you get a driver? Well, I'm not getting a driver. Like that, that's a no like choice thing. But what I have been doing is like my mom, case in point, like mm-hmm. I'm conscious of like my time. I have a you know way that I have my schedule so that most days I pick him up. But there are a couple of days where he will pick him up, right? And that's been my way of like getting that help and asking for that help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard for me to get there. I mean, and full disclosure, you all like I had a medical emergency a couple months ago and my and my and I had no choice but um to have her trans my mom to transport my son to and from school. And I'm not gonna say that I did not feel bad about it. Of course I was having these moments, but it also taught me that it's like life is precious and we can't do it all and like having these supports in place are so, so, so very important. Yeah, it's so huge. And I think that, you know, to think about like, it's such an ironic thing, right? To be like, oh, I want my mom to feel free, right? Free of me. So let me get into her business and decide for her that she can't drive to Rockville, right? I mean, it's just this really interesting thing. I see this a lot for all of my friends who are entrepreneurs with pricing, getting into other people's business around pricing, like you come up with the number that allows you to make it all work, right? And so I, uh, that's for me in my coaching, I come up with the number that allows me to make it all work, that allows me to, you know, support my family, that allows me to do this podcast, that allows me to offer like a third of my spots at equity and inclusion rates, right? Like I'm really, I feel really good and solid about that. So then when I give my full price on the phone to someone, I have to stay out of their business. Mm-hmm. It's none of my business how it makes them feel. It's none of my business what they think of me. It's just not my business. I don't have any power there, right? The place that I have power is in supporting myself to be the best coach that I can be. Mm-hmm. You know? The reality is if you are not doing make, like creating these prices that work for you down the line, you, there's going to be some resentment, right? Right. About, oh, yeah. I'm giving these, you know, I'm doing these pricing, I'm doing this pricing mm-hmm. or whatever based on. And again, like that's what happens when you get into other people's business. Like, right. You have to figure out what works for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the biggest hurdle that we specifically as women, you know, yes. specifically as women of color, like mm-hmm. these are things that we have to like pass through. I have one other example that, that I was thinking about in terms of this. So I mentioned the medical emergency. So I'd have emergency gallbladder surgery, like totally unexpected. And I was supposed to give a presentation like at this international like conference thing over the summer. Mm-hmm. And like for about 30 seconds, doing good, only 30 seconds. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm going to be two days out from surgery. I can like get on Zoom and do this. And I was like, you know what? No. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You need time to heal. And so yeah. luckily I have a dear friend who, you know, we do similar work, not the same, similar, but was able to reach out to her and she was able to like take my slot on this panel was I disappointed? Yes. But I literally said to myself, I need to honor myself. I need to yeah. rest, right? Like 
Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to be feeling like in two days, right? I never had surgery before. So I can't even explain how like crazy and overwhelmed and scared mm. I was. But I was thinking about, I want to do this thing. Like I planned, like I'd done all the planning, had done all the slides, all of this stuff, had met multiple times. But all that said, I was like, I, I've got to let this go. Yeah. There'll be other opportunities. And I think that's a challenge too, that we oftentimes think that, oh, this is only going to be my only opportunity. And that's not the case, right? There's mm-hmm. so many opportunities, but you have to be open to that and you have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is entirely your business to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. right? You got to do that. And maybe that does involve asking for help. Okay. Maybe that does involve hiring people, right? There, there are lots of, like, I'm not saying that your self-care has to be entirely self-contained. No, not at all. Taking care of ourselves is a kind of a community enterprise. But when we think about it as like, okay, I'm exchanging with all of these different people and we are all independent actors. We, are, we all have agency. We all have the power to say no. I have the power to say no. You have the power to say no. I think for those of us who are, again, oriented toward making this world better, we're so fucking scared to say no because we feel obligated, because we care so much about other people. You know, I'm thinking about like, let's say things are really, really busy and you're worried about overburdening your team. Right. I'm, I'm in I'm in my team's business. I'm, I'm in my assistant's business because I'm worried about overburdening her. Right. OK, well, A, let me get out of her business. And B, if things are overwhelming for her, then they're overwhelming for everyone. So let me step into my agency. What is mine to change? You know what? I can expand the timeline here. Mm-hmm. You know, what? I can hire someone else to come on board. Right. The knee jerk thing is like, just I'll just suffer. I'll just take it on and I'll suffer this, you know, self-imposed stress. Right. Because I don't I don't want them to like if things aren't working in your family right now, things aren't working in your family. You're like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to burden my partner. It's like, well, burdening yourself is not the answer either. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Let's give these um, let's give these lovely listeners some kind of things to definitely take away from our conversation today on conjuring unbotheredness. I would say number one is stay in your own business. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about boundaries, but I know there are other other podcasts where you do. So yes, um, make sure you're setting boundaries. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's an important thing. Yeah, you pointed a lot, Yetta, to the importance of noticing your thinking, right? And that, of course, is what this podcast is all about. But it's like, how am I thinking about this? It's it's very rarely a situation that is bringing up feeling. It's how we're thinking about it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How are you thinking about it? You know, when you're worried about what someone else thinks, why does it matter? Do you agree with them? Because if you agree with them, then it probably matters. You know, there's this interesting thing, Yetta, just to kind of press on that point right there, because I think that's really key to staying unbothered. What other people think only matters if you agree with them. Yes. 
And the knee jerk that I get from clients a lot is like, I don't agree with them at all. And I'm like, well, then why does it matter? Right. Right. Can guarantee, I always say this, I can guarantee you Donald Trump thinks that I am unattractive and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what Donald Trump thinks. I'm only going to care if I am worried, Mm -hmm. if I believe I'm unattractive. That's so true. So getting really clear there, like, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Where this person, this person with the expectations, this person who's like burdening me, where do I agree with them? Where am I taking on the burdens that they're those like 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 in your work situation, right? They expect me to do all the admin. Do you expect you to do all the admin? Shit. <laughs> I do. Right. It was like when I realized that when I was pointing out, I was like, oh yeah, I don't have to do that. And it's like, what can I do creatively to get myself out of that? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's actually a perfect last point. When we are unbothered, we're not cold and uncaring, right? Unbothered means I am free to give. I am free to create. I am free to be who I really want to be. I'm free to live my values. And I just want to throw out lastly for me is it's okay to say no, because when we say no, we make room for yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. And saying no from that centered place of like, I'm in my business and I'm realizing like, this isn't a match for me, for what I want, for the amount of energy I have available right now, right? Mm -hmm. Saying no makes room for yes. And then what do you find that that yes tends to turn toward, Yetta? The yes turns towards what you actually want it creates more opportunity, opportunities that are beyond your wildest dreams. It's you, you might've like had a seed of what that yes could be or what that opportunity could be, right? But it's Mm -hmm. like so beyond. I mean, I've seen that so many times in the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. And another thing I I was thinking about, and, and I think this is kind of where this podcast came from. I shared with Madly that I had found myself writing in my journal, like in terms of like, well, what do I want my feelings to be? Unbothered was coming up when I was in a place that I should not have been. <laughs> when I was mm. in people's business, um, when I was in places where I was not happy or doing the work that I wanted to do. And so um, I noticed that and like quickly was like, okay, what's my exit strategy? But like, I would not have gotten there or noticed that if I wasn't doing the work, if I wasn't doing the self-coaching, right? Um, And using these tools. So yeah, it's, you all, we all can do it. It just takes, it just takes a little bit of work to to change our mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, like you said, it's a, it's a skill set to learn. And that's, you know, what I love to do with people one-on-one and what I love to do through this podcast, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, your your mind is a magic wand. Like, let me help you learn how to use it. And, you know, Yetta's over here making magic all over the place. So Yetta, tell all of the good people where they can find you and how they can support your work. Yeah, so thanks, Natalie. Um, so I'm president and founder of an organization called DC Autism Parents. I'm just going to say if anyone... Um, has some website skills and will be willing to help donate their time. So I'm putting it out there. 
um, mm-hmm. to help me update that website, it would be great. Um, I can be reached by email at info at dcautismparents.org. I have another website that's coming out for my um, ACT Early work because I'm the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Learn the Science Act Early Ambassador. So for all you mamas out there who have babies on the way or children zero to five, um, you want to be monitoring your child's development. So there's going to be a new website called actearlydc.org that is going to be launching next month. So as you probably all can tell, I'm very busy, but the purpose of that is for parents who have children who, children period, but specifically parents of children who suspect that their child might have autism or related disability or developmental disability to get the help that they need. Because when my son was a little guy, these resources were not available. So that's why I, I stand behind them um, and want to make sure I say I'm the one-stop shop. I'm the bridge, right? From... um you know, supporting families from like getting that diagnosis if needed um, and then supporting them in navigating services along the way. So thank you. Yes. Yetta is an incredibly resourceful witch. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you come out of this conversation ready to draw your boundaries to check in with yourself to notice when you're in God's business and other people's business and to come right back into your own because that is, I promise you, I promise you, that is where you make your best and brightest contribution. It's from that centered place. It's from you. It's from what you love and what you want. That's what we all need you to do. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shammy D. Our gorgeous art is by the Sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.